Hello everyone, I'm Soma Mazumdar. And I'm Orut Semsarzadeh, and welcome to Kanban Lab Podcast. In each episode, we'll pick a common question and dive into a different aspect of Kanban, exploring its principles, practices, and applications, and answering that question. Our goal in this podcast is to demystify Kanban and help listeners understand how it can benefit their teams and organizations through addressing the common misconceptions, clarifying concepts, and answering questions about Kanban. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our special episode of Kanban Lab. Good afternoon, Soma. Hi. Hi, Arun. Hi, Anna. Today Hi, we have a special guest, Anna Rajsikova. How are you, Anna? I'm very well. Thank you very much. How are you guys? Thanks for joining us today. And today we're going to talk about a very uh, interesting topic, which is, in fact, my favorite topic. And I spent quite a lot of time in last year on this one, which is Kanban Maturity Model and Kanban evolutionary change method. But before we start talking about this topic, Anna, do you mind to quickly introduce yourself uh, for the audience? I'm sure most of them already know you, but for those that uh, don't know you yet. Hey, thanks a lot. And actually, before we started recording, you said, Anna, to tell who you are. And I'm like, who, who actually am I, right? This is, and I told you, this is the most difficult question of the whole podcast that we are recording today. Uh, so as I said, it's difficult to say. I mean, my official um, role name is Chief Innovation and Integration Officer at Movis Group. But this is just, you know, like the roles in Kanban. This is just the name. So what I'm doing, I'm, I'm mostly working in our group, Movis Group, which is kind of uh, the heart of the Kanban method in Bilbao, here in Europe, in Spain. And I'm working on different things. I For a few years, I was the product manager of the Kanban maturity model. Now we look a bit broader. You probably, when we are recording it, uh, there is a new book, Discovering Kanban, just being mm -hmm. released. So now we are working more um, broadly about the whole Kanban method, introducing or reintroducing this, this stuff to people, uh, retelling the stories just uh, based on new experience that uh, David, but also all of us coaches, trainers gained over this 18 years of doing Kanban. Um, so yes, that's me, but uh, Kanban is not something that I did for my whole life. So mm -hmm. I'm the finance person. So I worked for almost 13 years as a accountant, and uh, this is what I was doing for most of my life. And then being a accountant, I started helping developers because, you know, they came to us and they said, Anna, by the way, we are developing this application for you. What would you like to, what would you like this app to do? So I became business analyst, not knowing about it. But then when I realized, actually, I'm business analyst, maybe I should develop myself in this area. Uh, so yeah, this is how I started to work more closely with product developments most of my life in upstream part of the system. And uh, yeah, this is how I am here today doing Kanban because I learned that actually Kanban was the best fit for the organizations and type of work that we did, where I was mostly working with very conservative, uh, waterfall-based approach mm -hmm. to developing product, doing projects. 
So this is where Kanban method with the whole start with what you do now approach was really helpful. And it helped yeah. us to, to deliver good uh, stuff. Uh, so now yeah, here I am here being Kanban coach, Kanban trainer and uh, recording podcasts with you guys. So I'm yeah. very excited. Amazing. I didn't know that you had a, a finance background. So I think you gradually, you know, uh, introduced the Kanban yourself and evolved in yes. last it was years. more of an evolutionary journey for yourself but also <laughs> at the same time Anna like knowing you for some time now I think that's really inspiring for anyone who is watching this episode or even listening to it uh, that how Kanban can actually change your life and which it did oh, for yes. you so it's, oh, it's, it's really it did wonderful. oh my, oh my god it did <laughs> you know recently like two months ago i moved to spain so it did it change my whole life like totally yes <laughs> oh so you recently moved to spain yes exactly perfect so how is the weather in spain actually you know kind of Bilbao weather I mean it's not typical Spanish weather it's very Basque weather so it's uh -huh. raining okay but it's, it's very warm nice just you know raining but because of that we have a lot of green areas here so it's a lovely you know place for for hiking for exploring nature oh, uh, so amazing. it's not very typical Spain but I really love it even Good. when it's raining all right lovely so can you tell us a little bit about Kanban maturity model? What yes. is that? <laughs> oh my God, this is, I mean, I could talk about Kanban for like two days nonstop. So you need to stop sure. me. Uh, but I was actually thinking about this uh, question yesterday when preparing for this recording, how to tell people what KMM is, Kanban maturity model, KMM, uh, very shortly. So uh, what we teach people in the class is that Kanban maturity model is the model of organizational maturity. And I think that this is one of the misconceptions that we should clarify here because when mm -hmm. people hear Kanban maturity model and they don't use Kanban at their work, it's like, oh, okay, it's not for me. I shouldn't look at it at all. Mm -hmm. uh, whilst they actually should because uh, Kanban maturity model is the model of organizational maturity. <clears throat> so we are using Kanban we are developing and helping organizations to grow. We are not maturing Kanban. We are maturing organizations using the Kanban method. Uh, but uh, if you dig deeper, and this is something for what we don't have time today, for sure. But if you look at the practices, and we have more than 150 practices codified in the Kanban maturity model, you will see that most of them you can apply even if you don't do Kanban, if you don't do uh, use the Kanban method right now. Uh, because this is so universal language that everyone can use it. And the Kanban word is not necessarily appearing very often in this, the, the whole practice is set. Yeah. So uh, very shortly, this is the model which helps organization to grow, to be better every day, small steps, uh, mm -hmm. you know, evolving towards more, more mature organizations. And it codifies, as I told you, one more than 150 practices across seven maturity levels and six general practices. So you might have known or people might have heard about six general practices like visualization, limited work in progress, so on and so forth. But on top of that, we also have seven maturity levels, zero through six, uh, where zero is the lowest maturity level of the organization and six is the highest level of the organizational maturity. Uh, just to give you the hint, uh, we don't strive to achieve maturity level six. 
we mm -hmm. as Kanban coach, as consultants, try to achieve Retrievable 4. This is Retrievable 4 is really great place to work where everyone is happy, organization is happy, employees, customers, vendors, everyone who has contact with organization is in happy uh, is in a happy place. Uh, Retrievable 5 and 6 is kind of the bonus. Retrievable 5 is the market leader. Retrievable 6 built for survival. Um, so this is something extra. But to work in a really great and nice place, much level four is enough. So this is what uh, we'll be trying to do when entering organization and helping this organization with the Kanban maturity model. So this is a very short intro. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, in quite intensive uh, intro, I would say. Uh, and uh, like when I was doing my uh, KCP with Kanban mm -hmm. University, KCP stands for Kanban Coaching Professional. So it has two parts to it. One would be the KM, understanding how a KM can be applied, mm -hmm. and also the coaching, you know, like how the coaching element is added to that, learning about social psychology and everything and how mm -hmm. important that is. But one of yes. the best things that I thought that, you know, anyone can take away from the KMM would be the culture aspect. So would you like oh, yeah. to add that how, because we always focus on, you know, tools, practices, processes. Mm -hmm. And how that translates to culture, which is more like the invisible part of any organization. But at the same time, that's the heart of it because culture is strategy for breakfast. If that's the same, then we all definitely need right culture to grow and evolve. So how KMM can help any organization or even team? Yeah, definitely. And so... Actually, this is the second and the bigger part of the Kanban maturity model. So we are talking about practices. And as you said, we mostly focus on practices. So let's put the board on the wall or, or in our electronic tools. Uh, let's do some policies. But the culture, if you don't have culture, you actually cannot do anything. And what I mean by that, um, when I talk about uh, organizations and the culture element to organization, I use the um, like kind of metaphor when you mm -hmm. have your wall and the wall is your organization and then you want to put some nice picture or tapestry on your wall and this tapestry are your practices but you need something that will glue this tapestry to the wall and this glue is the culture so if you don't have this culture if you don't have this glue in, in place all of the practices that you are throwing to your wall they are going to fall down there is nothing they can stick on so that's why <clears throat> We are uh, talking, using the KMM, we are talking a lot about culture, about the social aspect of introducing change. Um, this is something that's, that I believe very underestimated still. We are focusing on doing things and not thinking how, how, how we are doing it and who we are and what we want to achieve. So the cultural element, the practice element, and the third element, <clears throat> which are the outcomes of what we are doing because we are doing stuff to achieve something not just for the sake of doing it yeah uh, so, so yes the, mm -hmm. go ahead uh you said achieve something what is this something mm -hmm. what we trying to achieve um, so i i think that everyone should define it for for themselves right that mm -hmm. uh, using the kmm kmm gives you some hints mm -hmm. of what you can expect at each maturity level so um Something that we usually start with, some like general goal, is to make our customers happy. 
Okay. Because what we do, we do for our customers eventually. Mm-hmm. And this, again, I will be using some maturity levels names. This, this maturity level three is the place where our customers are happy. And we call this level fit for purpose, so fit for customer purpose, uh, where uh, our customers dealing with us are happy with what we are delivering, how fast we are delivering it, and what we actually delivered to them. So what they ordered is what they receive. And I was listening to the episode about Upstream with Andre um, Lima, mm-hmm. and he was using this pizza uh, metaphor. We are using pizza metaphor all over Kanban method and fit for purpose. Uh, so, but, but yes, this is a good metaphor. So you come into the restaurant, not necessarily pizza restaurant, but any restaurant, you are customer and you want to eat good food, right? Yes. And then you receive uh, not very tasty stuff and you need to wait for it like two hours whilst you expand, ex- expected it to be delivered in 20 minutes. You leave this place not very happy, not very satisfied. You won't come back to this place anymore, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this is the reality of the organizations which are dealing with the knowledge work, where we are the, dealing with customers' requests, with the demand coming to us, and we are not able to answer questions when it will be done, when it will be ready, uh, why did I receive the product which is buggy and which you need to like repair two days after it was released, why this functionality works different way than I thought it's going to work. So, you know, we are not playing guilty game here. It's not either customer or organization's fault. It's just uh, usually the mother of low uh, maturity level of the organization. And this is something that we are working on. So the first thing that we want to achieve is making customers customers happy. And then, so this will be maturity level three. Maturity level four is making everyone happy. So not only customers are happy, but everyone working with other organizations are happy. Mm, All right. Amazing. So the goal is to achieve a happy customer and happy People. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Happy, happy people. Yeah, that's, that's the heart of everything. After all, you know, like either it's team people or customer, mm-hmm. it's actually people at the end. So definitely, I agree with that as well. Uh, there's another uh, question, and I think our um, listeners or audience would love to know. So when we talk about fit for purpose, which is um, at level four, right? Uh, three four, yes three, four. So, Mm -hmm. but when the moment we grow beyond that, like for Mm -hmm. example, market leaders. So Mm -hmm. in in a way, like how KMM and the higher levels can actually help any organization or team to become more fit for purpose and more resilient in this current times where everything is so complex around Mm -hmm. us. Yeah, so talking about higher levels, we need to start with lower levels. And I think that this is a good moment to talk about uh, how KMM is helping us as coaches. And not necessarily coaches by, you know, the, the job title. So you don't need to be a coach, you don't need to be Kanban coach. By, by coaches, I mean everyone who is um, willing to improve work and helping other people to improve work. So more like maybe I should use the word leaders. Um, so what was being observed over many years of introducing Kanban to organizations is something that was called later to failure modes. And 
The first of them is full summit plateau. The, the other one is overreaching. In my life, I mostly met overreaching. So I will talk about this one a bit more, but I will start with full summit plateau. So full yeah. summit plateau is the situation where you are introducing the change you did it and it felt really great because you did great things. You achieved a lot of awesome things. Say um, people working, people were working individually. They were focusing on their task, doubling their work. There was no communication. You introduced visualization. You introduced the board. You introduced um, daily meetings and retrospective. And suddenly everything started to feel better. People started collaborating, started, you know, introducing some small initiatives, some improvements. And it all feels so great that you think, okay, so I, I already achieved this great improvement. So maybe I should try something else. Maybe I should try, I don't know, other method, other framework. But from the Cayman perspective, you just moved from maturity level zero to maturity level one. Mm. So Cayman helps you to see that there is many, many more things ahead of you. There are still five more maturity levels. And the ladder is much higher. You can achieve much, much more uh, just using the, the KMM or just helping organization to, to grow. So going beyond the team. So this is full summit plateau. When we feel that we achieved everything, whilst we are just, you know, in the first base and the Mount Everest is still somewhere there. Mm -hmm. The second one, overreaching, is something that I met more often and actually mm -hmm. something that I did a few times in my life so I can... Talk about my personal experience. So example from my life. I was in Kanban system design class. It was Thursday, Friday. It was great. You know, I, I had the whole weekend to think about it. So I had that many ideas in my head, what we should do, how we should do it. So on Monday, I just, you know, I, I even brought the whole bag with stuff. It was pre-COVID. So we had this whiteboard on the wall. So I brought the whole bag with stuff inside, some, uh, some stickers, some, you know, um, stuff to put on the wall and I came to my team and I told them girls four ladies you know girls we do it yeah and they said oh yes let, let's do it and we started putting this stuff on the wall and like 10 minutes later it physically fell down right and fell yeah. down and, and so Jesus Christ it's not it's not working so we put it into bin so my my awesome ideas very not metaphorically uh, but very physically fell down and went to the bin directly. Uh, so why it happened? Because I tried too much too early. So this is my own definition of overreaching. Mm -hmm. So uh, you attended the class, you watched the video on YouTube, you listened to Kanban Lab episode. And it all felt great. And you feel that, yes, this is something for us. We should do it immediately. But then you don't consider your um, organizational maturity, even your team maturity. Uh, you don't consider your culture. Yeah. You don't consider um, the social aspects. So what I mean by that, for example, you have very conservative organization. Mm -hmm. And then you try introduce immediately some uh, very like flexible, agile methods of work into very conservative organization. It's not going to work. It's, it's going to like fall down in five minutes and people yeah. will be angry about you. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So this is overreaching. And again, what KMM helps us, how KMM helps us with overreaching. Uh, when you look at even at the practice map, 
which codifies all of these practices. And you see, okay, so I made my own assessment. I think that looking at what we do, how we behave, who we are, we are probably someone much reasonable, one or two. And come on, we are trying to introduce, we are trying to introduce uh, much reasonable four or five uh, practices. Mm. There is a high chance they are not going to work for us. And this is the best scenario that they are not working. The worst scenario is that everyone else around us is angry because yeah. we force them to do something that's not uh, suitable for them and for the organization. So this is how KMM helps you to see where you are and what uh, you want to do, where you want to be and how to um, achieve this this moment. But small steps, not huge jump from level one to five, but small steps, step by step. And it gives you very, very specific advice uh, what you should do and how you should do it. Mm. Now, that was uh, really good, Anna, because uh, I've seen lots of organization, they try to change very quickly. And uh, very soon, they back, basically back to the status quo, they just do yeah. some, you know, uh, meetings and uh, mm -hmm. mostly ineffective meeting and uh, unhappy people and, mm -hmm. you know, they lose their uh, people and losing people means cost. Yes, totally. And you so, know, talking about Kanban myths, one more myth yeah. which I hear very often, Kanban doesn't work. You know? oh, this yeah. Kanban stuff, it's uh -huh. not working. Yeah. And then I ask the question, okay, guys, so what would you, what do you do? Yeah. And they say, oh, we do um, visualization, so we have a board and we do Monte Carlo simulation. Okay. Mm. So yes, this Kanban stuff is not working. Mm -hmm. uh, but to, to see it, uh, KMM is very helpful because basically we talk about visualization a lot in Kanban. KMM helps you to visualize what you are doing right now That's yeah. and where you are. So uh, just to maybe kind of uh, summarize what we discussed so mm -hmm. far and make sure, you know, people are on the same page. So you mentioned that Kanban maturity model is... Uh, a journey for organization to grow mm -hmm. and we use Kanban method to basically grow and we yes. always start with what we uh, or who we are mm -hmm. learn our strengths and weaknesses mm -hmm. and then decide uh, what will be the next step yes yeah 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 and actually you talk about metaphor I have two metaphors for you okay if I might. I love metaphor please okay so uh, these are the metaphors that I usually use. And actually, uh, I'm half prepared to one of them. But let, let's work with what we have. Sure. So I don't know whether our listeners have seen the Kanban Maturity Model book. So mm -hmm. for those who will be watching, I have this book here. So this is quite a heavy stuff, right? It's yes. like more than one kilo, <clears throat> uh, 500 pages stuff. Um, it's not something that you actually take to and read to your pillow in the evening and it's not supposed to be and as i mentioned this uh, practices it's around i don't know 100 150 pages the rest is about culture about the social changes about benefits and outcomes of um, uh, making things better um and i read this book but it's not like it's not the book that you are reading once and you leave it and mm. then you remember everything of course you don't remember everything it's too much here even David keeps repeating that he doesn't remember what he wrote, so he needs to read KMM very often or use other references like KMM+. And 
I treated this book as a guide um, the same way I treated the tour guides and I mean the, this classical paper-based tour guides. So I remember when I was on my honeymoon, which happened actually six years after my wedding, and we went uh, to Morocco with my husband, so it was kind of a dream adventure. Uh, we just had the backpacks and we just booked uh, flight tickets to Morocco and that's it. Wow. So uh, we, we went for this journey of our life and it was really fun. It, it was great one week fun. Uh, and of course we also took the book tours with us so it was it was that long time ago that we didn't use internet that much we just read books <laughs> so um and what i did before this tour so i just leave this book through to check more or less what what this morocco country is all about and then i focused on two cities which we were supposed to visit so Fez and marrakesh and these were like two chapters in this whole book. Mm -hmm. So I read these chapters through in the airplane. Okay, I knew more or less what I'm prepared for, what I want to see, where I want to go. And then we were first in Fez. So then when we were in Fez, the first day, okay, so today we are going to go here and here and here. So I open again my tour guide and I read about the specific places where I want to go. And when I'm there, I can open it again and read about, you know, read about it one more time, remind myself what I'm looking at. Yes. And this is exactly how you should work with KMM. Okay, you can read it at once. That's perfect. You can leave it through to learn what it is about. That's also mm -hmm. fine. But then when you know where you are with your team, with your department, with the whole business, then you open the specific chapter, say, I don't know, visualization maturity level three, and you read, okay, so today I would like to learn how to visualize replenishment signals. Yeah, so we look visualization practice 3.11, and we read about how to introduce visualization replenishment signals uh, in our board. And then you are introducing something else, you read about it. Uh, you feel that you stuck because of some missing values or some underdeveloped values in your organization. You read about these values and you keep coming back to this book as many times as you want, as often as you want. Uh, and then you repeat it again because this is, this is the tour guide and the tour, the journey is the growth of the organization. So this is my first metaphor. Yeah. But my second metaphor uh, is using like now we are moving slightly towards the future we are using google maps not necessarily the paper maps only yeah. and when you are entering when you are trying to find the route in the google map usually you enter you know like destination and it asks you should i use your current destination to find the route yes use my use my current destination so i enter this to data i i press find sometimes i use some filters like find the fastest route or find the shortest route. So some initial filters that Google gives me. And then it finds the best route for me based on my criteria and from where to, to where I want to go. And if this is a longer journey, I start, I start driving, right? And then there is a car accident on the road. And it tells me, okay, there is car accident. I found another route for you. Go, go this one because here you will waste a lot of time. Mm. So again, this is your Kanban maturity model. So you are doing, using the KMM, you are doing some initial assessment 
trying to understand where you are today. So this is your current place. This is where you start. And we start where we are today, right? Mm -hmm. Then you think, okay, where I want to be. You can think about very long-term distance, mm -hmm. like a treatable four, but maybe it will be easier to, you know, cut your roots into shorter distances. Like when I traveled from Poland to Spain, it was three days drive. So I just cut it in three days. So day one, I want to come from here to here, then day two, here to here. So this is how you can also cut your journey. Mm -hmm. And then what do I need to do to achieve this, um, this point, this destination? Mm -hmm. And you use Kanban maturity model to create this roadmap, to create this path for you. And you follow this path. And when you see some obstacles on the road, like this metaphorical car accident, so you introduce some practice, it didn't work. You try to work on some value, but it didn't work yet. So then you are again using KMM to adjust your journey to reach your destination. When you are at the destination, you design the next one. So you can treat it either as Google Maps or as tour guide to Morocco or other countries yeah. you love. Um, that was yeah. really good. Mm. Interesting. Uh, I have a question. So is there any way to quantify the maturity of the organization and say, yes, you, you reach to this place and then you're ready to go to the next step? This is very difficult. Uh, and this is actually the question that people ask very often, especially when we are sitting in the class and we are doing the uh, maturity assessment. Uh, maybe it will be a bit abstract yet if I just talk about it not showing but if you do this exercise, so say you are taking a practice map, you take small sticky notes, uh, or you just put the practice map in a mirror or some visual tools and you use the dots, you can put the dots on the practices which you see already in your organization. You can put the dots on the values that you observe in your organization. And what people receive from this exercise is usually pretty scattered picture with dots all over the place and then there's a question okay so what is my maturity level because i have some dots on level zero one two four and there is one dot on level five am i level five or am i level zero so we are usually looking where is the where these dots or stickies are the most dense uh, because this is probably your maturity level and of course, you may have some higher level practices introduced because organization forced you to do so because you introduced them and actually they worked for you. That's, that's also possible and that's fine. But we are looking where is like the highest density. Mm -hmm. And now depending on also the size of the organization, it may not be possible to do the maturity assessment of the whole organization uh, because it happened to me that I worked in the organization which by the definition met the criteria of maturity level six organization oh wow you know it, it checked all of the points okay. but working within this organization i was in maturity level one departments wow. and it was you know it was hell on earth and i i just couldn't work there because it was impossible to work there maturity level zero one is it's nightmare yeah, yeah so what is what is the maturity level one or six yeah so that's why the assessment is difficult. When you have small organization, you can do assessment of the organization. When you have bigger, maybe you should need you should do it a bit more granular. Mm -hmm. 
but actually this is the guidance that we don't have yet very much precise and actually in two weeks in two weeks i'm going to be in brazil and meeting with some local coaches and we are doing sort of small retreat um, where we'll be working on the KMM appraisal mm -hmm. and making this guidance more solid also mm -hmm. answering this type of questions so what is my maturity level how to do the assessment how to do the appraisal and how to give people very maybe not very precise this is a bad word but uh, to give people a, a guidance um what they should do, how they should do the appraisal, and what, how to make the interpretation of it, and what to do next. That's, that's awesome. You should come to Australia. I believe that okay. we. <laughs> yes, but while uh, you are in Brazil, we both in the southern hemisphere. Just... Uh, I know. I know. Yeah, I even cannot count on the Brazilian summer anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> going back to um, the practices part of KMM. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like when we apply any practices and which you already mentioned earlier, that it's not mm -hmm. only the practices, it's also understanding that what kind of culture it's driving. Mm -hmm. so yeah. One thing is that actually two questions. First, it okay. feels like more like a comment, maybe not a question that it feels mm -hmm. like that, you know, KMM is the practical application of change management principle of Kanban because it's about understanding people it's it's mm -hmm. about understanding the context where you are studying yes. also respecting so it's not about just you know implementing change it's yes, about embedding the culture embedding the right practices so that we can drive towards the culture we want mm -hmm. as an organization and at the end business agility is our goal so that we can survive in any situation but going back to the practice question so mm -hmm. what's your thought because Often what we see is that, you know, like we are always stuck there. The practices, like what you mentioned, like we implement changes, like there are practices that's been embedded, but then we are overreaching, but sometimes people mm -hmm. don't get it. So how KMM can actually help people to understand that it's not only about applying practices, it's also understanding the intention of it. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe I will the example from one of my uh, consulting activities so i was working actually with a few coaches who tried to do the do the change and they were using kmm and uh, we started doing some initial assessment <clears throat> and we went through these practices on on the practice map and there was one of these practices which was um, introducing kanban replenishment meeting mm -hmm. And they said, oh, we have Kanban replenishment meeting. And I was like, okay, that's interesting because from what you said before, it doesn't feel like you are there yet, right? But okay, so tell me about this. <clears throat> so they started talking about this Kanban replenishment meeting. And actually, you know, the, the outcome of this discussion was that they have a meeting, but they are not necessarily sure why. Oh. So we started to dig deeper. Okay, so why you keep this meeting? This is one hour of your life. You know, after this meeting, you are one hour closer to death. So this is serious stuff. Well, yeah. Um, so why you waste your time on that? If you don't know why you do it, what's the outcome of it? And they said, oh, because we read about it in the Kanban maturity model and we thought that we have to do it. I was like, okay, <laughs> breathe in, breathe out. 
So no, don't don't do this, guys. So this was like classical example of, I mean, both overreaching, but also very like mechanical, introducing some practices mm -hmm. without understanding the purpose. So so the purpose, I think, is another keyword here, which I also keep repeating to my students. So you should know why you do things. Don't do it because you just read about it. We are not opening the Kanban church here. Come on, you don't need to believe this stuff. Yeah. You need to know why you do it. Yes. And they didn't know why they do it. So uh, this is something that we call like partially implemented practice because this practice was in place, sort of, <clears throat> but there was no outcome of the practice. So each practice yeah. should have the intent of some specific specific outcome. So you should Perfect. know why you do it, right? Yes. And I know that it may be overwhelming if this is 150 practices and you need to think about outcome of each of these practices. It may be too much, but then you just focus on the level where you are. On the level and the problem you want to solve. Exactly, right? So you don't need to look at maturity level six practices when you are at maturity level one and you are just dealing with overburden in your team. That's right. So, and this is where this cultural element was missing too. And we can refer, I mean, we also have like more than 30 cultural values described in the KMM. So you can uh, understand each of these values in reference to the practices. So what was missing here was internal understanding. So that we all know why we do things, what's the meaning of them, what's expected outcome of these things. Maybe some transparency about why we are doing things. So, okay, we have the, the meeting, but people don't know why they come. Maybe some problem with collaboration or maybe problem with acts of leadership or even taking initiative because people were attending the meeting and actually no one asked, why are we here? So some, some issues with taking initiatives, maybe trust. Now, when we talk about the social aspect, we have the, the whole concept of trust in the organization, which is also heavily described in the KMM. Mm -hmm. So this is how looking at just one practice, you can learn a lot about the organizational culture and what's happening there and the way practices are not working. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one more question. I know we are yeah. reaching the time, but uh, sometimes it's easier to go from zero to one in the journey. Mm -hmm. But yeah. from one to two, it becomes harder. And yes. I know talk about uh, false, uh, you know, a plateau summit earlier. Uh, but is there a hack to, you know, like let people know that hey, it's it's possible to be. It could be a yes. little bit difficult initially. So what would mm -hmm. be your advice? Actually, it's not my advice, uh, but some people smarter than me, so David and Theodora the authors of Kanban Maturity Model. But before the advice, maybe just small introduction of zero to one, one to two, and why it's difficult. From zero to one, you go from the level of individuals, people just focusing on their tasks, mm. to the level of team. And when people have this internal willingness to, to collaborate, to work with each other, going from zero to one is rather achievable pretty easily you would need to have really strong, weird resistance to not make it happen. But from one to two, we go to the level which is called 
customer driven like focus on the customers uh, this is where uh, you need to understand the demand coming from your customers or at least start understanding this demand where you need to look outside your team a bit broader this is where you start introducing some concepts from the upstream kanban not yet upstream kanban but at least some idea that this work doesn't appear magically and mm. we are not working on tasks but we are working on work items where work items should bring the value to the customer and now what is this value and by the way who is our customer so so this is what may be very difficult to like this this level from one to two to jump um, over this huge gap but there is a hack and as i told you coming from theodore and david uh, and you've probably heard about it it's called static this little a small thing called static so system thinking approach to implementing kanban actually this is a coaching tool so all people who attended your classes and other trainers kanban system design classes people you already know at least one coaching tool and this is called static so this is uh, the tool the technique that helps uh, people go directly from level zero to two with jumping over level one that's why we call maturity level one flyover territory. So we don't plan to land there, no. We plan to fly over it. And because level one is a bit dangerous. Um, why so? Because when you go from level zero to level one, the improvement feels so good that you may uh, fall into the trap of a summit plateau. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's why we want to jump over level one directly to level two when you start looking outside your team and focusing on your customers. And this is what static does. So one of the steps, step three of static is understanding demand, where demand comes from, who is our customer, uh, what is the nature of demand, uh, why, what are the, our work item types that we work on then we are visualizing this this whole process we are talking about the workflows mm -hmm. which each item goes through so mm -hmm. this doing static you may directly achieve level two but there is always but uh, there is also something called barriers to adoption which is also described in kind of maturity model so these barriers to adoption um, they describe the potential resistance that you may face when introducing changes, not common, just changes. And there are barriers to adoption, level one adoption, level two adoption. So these barriers to level one adoption, they don't disappear. They are still there. So when you are doing static, you still need to be aware that these barriers, this resistance is still there. And when you see that it may be too difficult to go directly from zero to two, you may just want to you know, draw back and go slowly through level one, but just not staying on level one, please. Don't stay at, le at level one. That's my personal request to everyone. That Thanks. was great advice, Anna. Thank you very much. So I just like to summarize um, what we basically discussed today. So Kanban maturity model is a, a model that we use to improve organizational maturity and we use Kanban method to achieve that. We always start from uh, who we are, we understand our, uh, you know, where we at, and then we try to do 
introduce changes step by step. And when we want to introduce any change or any practice, it will be great to understand why we're using it yes. and what problem we try to solve. Exactly. Uh, so to wrap this session up, Anna, what is your last advice that um, you know you can tell our audience who probably most of them are dealing with different clients to mm -hmm. improve the organizational maturity and agility and they do some sort of change in the company mm -hmm. okay so maybe two small advice pieces of sure. advice so the first one is um, always look at your context because it will always be different I've seen a couple of situations where people tried to copy existing solutions, even existing Kanban systems, and it didn't work. Because even if we have the same, say, delivery team, still our context is different. Our customers are different. So always look, be a bit selfish. Mm -hmm. Always look at yourself, at your context. So don't copy existing solutions. Think about what you do. And start with what you do now. So this is the first um, the first piece of advice. And the second one is don't feel discouraged even if it's not working. Mm -hmm. So Kanban is about trying, doing experiments, failing, and trying again. And that's why if you do the small change, if you fail, it's also small failure. Yes. When you do the huge change, there's a huge failure. So do small changes step by step. When you fail, it's okay. It's normal. It's how we learn. Just throw back. Revert to what where you were when you started and try something else. Or maybe recognize that it wasn't the proper time yet for this change. It happened to me that I introduced one practice four times because I knew that this is practice that should be there but it still required some like prep work. Yeah. So I tried again, I did some overreaching, yeah. uh, but if you, if you know that this is something that could help, you can try. If you fail, just, just fail, learn from it and don't yeah. repeat the same mistake again. That's amazing. The first time is the mistake. The second time is your <laughs> choice, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> that's true. All right. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank thanks, Soma. And thanks, everyone, for watching and listening us today. And uh, yeah. have a great day, everyone. And see you next week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank thanks.